we've been talking about worship, and I'm going to try real hard not to review tonight uh, so that we can get a little bit farther again. If you missed last week, I encourage you, go to uh, churchonthehillallgood.com and download the sermon and get caught back up. Uh, we are a worshiping church. If this is your first time tonight, you've probably experienced worship a little different than what you're used to. Um, you know, I, I, this isn't part of my sermon, but worship is not about style. It's not about volume. It's not about hymns. It's not about choruses. It's, it's about worshiping the King of Kings. And it's a, it's a heart issue. You can wor- Let me just break it to you. You can worship without music. You don't have to be at church to worship. I will tell you, worship at church is a minor part of my worship. Thank, thank the Lord, I couldn't make it on just what we get in here. And what we get in here is great. I love it. But it's not enough. But we've been talking about 1 Kings chapter 18. And uh, Blake, I'm going to need you to jump way ahead for me. Because um, we're not going to go over the scripture again. It's, uh, it's where uh, Elijah... Elijah goes up with the, with the children of Israel, and the children of Israel don't know who to serve. Are we going to serve these other false gods? Or are we going to serve God? And Elijah said, well, let's just have us a contest. Build an altar to your God. I'll build an altar to my God. And let's see, whichever God comes, will you serve him? They said, yes. And you remember the story. Fire came down. The, they tried to call fire down for the other gods. Nothing happened. Elijah called fire down up from his God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Lord consumed the offering, consumed the altar. And it shows us that uh, the, the children of Israel turned to God. Right? And we've seen four, we've started to look at four simple words. I'm going to need you, uh, if you don't mind... There we go. Let's see. That's maybe a little bit further ahead. Understanding worship. Let's go right there. No, let's not. Let's keep going. This is all review. Understanding worship. Do you remember? Elijah just didn't show up and call on the fire of God to come down. He had an ongoing relationship. Right? And the intensity and the ability of my worship, it, start, it started different as a child than it is today. It's not the same today as it was yesterday. It's better. It's closer. I know God more than I know him today. How do I know him? I know him through his word. I know how he likes to, how he reacts, what he reacts to, what he wants me to say in worship. Do you know there are examples in the word that shows us how to worship? There are examples. We don't have to go out here and hope our worship's good. We know how he is being worshipped around the throne right now. Revelation tells us, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's holy. And we've seen here with the relationship that our relationship to Christ affects our worship. And we started looking at kind of uh, uh, different stages of your worship life, distant to be- becoming part, kind of intimate. And don't let the word intimate throw you off. And then as we get closer, more intimate. And then finally, absolute intimacy. Tonight's worship um, was Intimate. It, it required, really, if we really worship to the songs that we worship to, it required complete surrender. 
There's no other option. It required complete surrender. And oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. That's intimate. And you know what? That's not weird. That, a, a son runs into his daddy's arms. So many that come to church on Sunday, come, even may come to church on Wednesday, you, you know, you, you know there's a God, but you don't know him. And then as we draw a little closer, we start to know him a little bit more. And then as we start to draw a little bit closer, we start to walk with him. It doesn't become just a Sunday thing. It's, it becomes the next day thing and the next day thing until finally it becomes your life. Worship, your, your walk with the Lord is no longer a situational thing. For so many that call themselves Christians, it's situational. I'm a Christian when I go to church. My heart doesn't change. I'm still a pretty good person, but I really don't seek after the Lord nor worship the Lord unless I'm at church. Man, that's a, that's a rough way to live. Man, what, a, what emptiness is left from that because there's so many more hours in the day. Have you ever heard Dave Ramsey talk about finances? Have you ever listened to him? He says, there's a whole lot of month at the end of the money. I love that expression. Uh, with Sunday morning and, and Wednesday night, there's certainly a whole lot more hours left that we need to be full, not be empty. I can't count on church to fill me up. Kind of, In my opinion, church is the icing on the cake. It's the cherry on top. It's the crescendo to a week full of worshiping the Lord. We come together and get release together. How many of you know the intensity and the power of worship is more with the more people you got? My worship's good by myself, but it's different. When we get together and when we call on the name of the Lord, walls come down. The children of Israel marched around and they called on the Lord. They obeyed the Lord. They blew the trumpets and they shouted. It wasn't one person shouting. And you know what I think is probably pretty interesting? And this, uh, you can just chew on this a little bit. But I think it was just as powerful that many people being quiet. They marched around the town seven times, quiet. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the anticipation coming on that seventh time? Man, you're just, you're, you're ready to shout. And they blow the horns and they shout. And literally, the walls came down. What's the next step? First one, relationship. Second one. Repentance. Man, as your pastor, I don't know if you've noticed over the last year or so, I will not get away from this. We can't get away from repentance. Repentance is the key to victory. It's the key to freedom. Man, it's the key. When worship really happens, when worship really happens, you know what happens? man and woman start to turn their heart back to the Lord. You could have been sitting out there today and completely hard, completely angry, completely removed from God, but if you were willing to raise your hands, you know what, it's a, it takes a lot for a man to raise his hands. 
I'm not a woman, so I can't speak for a woman. I can't say it takes a lot for a woman to raise her hands. A woman could say that. I can't say that. But for a man, it takes a lot. What's my neighbor going to think? Do I look weird when I do this? What's my wife going to think? Does it really matter? You know, but, but what has to happen for my, arm, my hands to go up is my heart has to give. And when my heart gives, worship happens. And when my heart gives and worship happens, revelation comes to the sin in my life. You may say, Pastor, the worship here just makes me feel so bad. Well, repent. It will go. It will leave. The Lord says he'll take it as far as the east is from the west. But it's such a good thing for your issue to come to light. Speaking to somebody over the last few weeks about, you know, having this issue of sin or this issue in your life and not dealing with it. It's going to hurt to deal with it. But it will heal. It will heal. You keep suppressing it and leaving it there, it's going to hurt and hurt and hurt. But worship leads us to repentance. You know, Scripture says that the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance. That's big. This is a story we've read here in 1 Kings of a people who were confused. It's a people who had backslidden. A story of a people who had placed their priorities in the wrong place. They had focused on their, on, on, they had focused their, their focus was on the wrong things. It was not on Jehovah. And Elijah knew it. And he brought them to Mount Carmel again to get their focus right. To get their hearts back to God. And if you notice the prayer that Elijah prayed, we read it last week. He said, God, help them to see your glory and help them to see you so that their heart might be turned back again. You know, if repentance is anything, it's the renewal of worship. And when you and I begin to repent, you know what happens? Our heart begins to warm up to the Lord. When we don't repent... We stay cold. We stay removed. But when we, when we start to repent, we start to come closer. And I'm going to give you a, a couple examples of, of where we are. So, so many times that when we come to church, there's three classes of people. Uh, classes. Three types. Class almost sounds politically cor- incorrect. Number one, those who are chilled. What does that mean? They come into service and nothing really happens. It's a cold and sterile ritual, and they only go through the motions while they're in the service. There, there are literally hundreds that come in here on Sunday morning that would fit this description. At least some point in their life, I bet you sitting here today, at some point in your life came into church and nothing. Let me tell you, I've been there, nothing. I was just going because I was made to go. I was drugged to go. Even as an adult, I went just because I felt guilty. Mom and dad said I should go. They asked me every Sunday if I go. I didn't go for the longest time, and finally they stopped asking me, so I went again. Because, you know what, that's just what you do on Sunday. 
and go home and nothing's changed. Nothing. Cold. Hard. I was saved. Ish. I'd prayed the prayer. I was even filled with the Spirit. But I would have ranked here. Cold. Cold. Empty. Then comes the next type. Thrilled. Coming for a great show. Man, that preacher can really preach a good message. Man, that worship team, man, they're good. That just gave me goosebumps. That was great. But no connection. Just coming for the entertainment. Now, many of you know, church can be entertaining. It can put you to sleep too. I realize that. But it can be entertaining. You know, we, we have the lights. We have the screens. We, you know, uh, well, we do the PowerPoints. We do current music. We got the electric guitars. We've got the drums. And we're, you know, for a bunch of amateurs, I feel like we have got a, I think we have got just an absolute talented, anointed worship team. Amen. Let me tell you what kind of team we got. We got a team that just about could switch positions and you would never know, notice it. People that can that play drums that can play guitar. Others that can lead worship and play piano. And I mean, we have just got an absolute talented, so many that can lead, that have led, leaders, uh, worshipers. Um, man, you know, and, and if you don't know the Lord and if you come in for entertainment value, you can go home exactly the same way. But have you ever gone to a concert? It's a good concert. Man, that was good music. But it didn't add, it didn't add to your life. Then, finally, filled. And this is what we're looking for here at Coth. If you've never heard me say Coth, that's short for Church on the Hill. That's what we're going for here, the power and the presence of God that can really make a difference. And my job, to be honest with you, is to try to usher us as a group, us as a church, into the presence of the Lord. Because if you see him, you know, I may preach good. I may not preach so good. But if you see him, you will walk out of here beautifully changed. You know, I used to say, oh, Lord, help me just pull this thing off and not blow something up. And now I say, Lord, help me take this people to see you. Lord, let this be a place that you desire to come, that when we call on you, you do come, and that lives are genuinely changed. That you go away from here with that, with that void in your life filled, that need in your life met, that broken heart mended. If worship is anything, it's our heart reaching out to God. And us loving God. And you know what? Worship can come through kneeling. It can come through standing. That's what we sang tonight. I'll stand. It can come through raising your hands. It can come through clapping. It can come through praying. It can come through shouting. There are all different ways that, that you can do it. But worship, true worship, 
is going to catch us, not just intellectually, but it's going to catch us emotionally until some response comes out. And that response is a message to the Lord saying, I love you, Lord. For some, maybe here today, or just a smile would be a move. I've been there. I have sat, I remember sitting in church thinking, I will not raise my hands. And you know, in my spirit, I was wanting to raise my hands. My spirit would say, raise your hands. And I'm like, I won't raise my hands. (laughs) And you're thinking, my wife's hoping I'd raise my hands. She didn't say that. But we start thinking, have you ever heard voices? He's raising his hands. They must think I'm some idiot. Don't know the Lord. Maybe think I'm not saved. I ain't raising my hands. Just a move. Worship will move you. True worship will move you. And I don't want to press you too much. But worship will grab hold of you. And it doesn't let you go. When you come into the presence of the Lord, you've got to say something. I don't mean, I'm not pressuring you to say something. When I come into the presence of the Lord, I have to respond. It's, it's, uh, I hate to use this analogy, but whenever you're about to throw up, you can't stop it. Have you ever had a word from the Lord that you could not hold in? It was coming out whether I said it in my pew or whether I came up front, but it was coming out. Same thing with vomit. <laughs> Same thing with worship. It, it is coming out. What is he doing? He's filling you up so much you can't contain it anymore. It's coming out. It's going to come out of my hands. It's going to come out of my voice. It's going to come out of my eyes. It's going to come out of my, my smile. Worship, worship will move you, what I'm trying to say. It'll come out some way. And the reason it will is you can't be in love with anything without letting your face or your hands or your mouth or your feet or your knees express it. You can't. When you first were in love with your spouse, you couldn't contain it. And when you genuinely come into worship, you can't contain it. That's why you, you hear people give a woo, can't, can't hold it in any longer. It just had to come out. It's like a pressure cooker. <whistles> I got, a, I got, a, I got a, a, one of my kids goes to school, and all day long, this child is just suppressing themselves. Not in a negative way, just trying to hold it together. And when they get in the car, oh man, in in their body, in their mouth, they have suppressed it all that they can. And here it all is in all their glory. And you know what? When you genuinely, when you genuinely grab hold of worship, you may say, Pastor, I have never done that. That has never happened to me. Well, the next time you come in here with us, I want you to sing the songs that we're singing, but stop for a minute and dig down in your heart. Dig down deep in your heart. Say, Lord, this is for you. I'm going to sing a little louder. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit more. You know, when you give, you get. And 
you may say, Pastor, I've sang the songs, I've clapped my hands, but nothing's ever happened. Okay, I just want to encourage you. Give a little bit more and make it clear to the Lord. Lord, I'm coming to worship you. May not be my favorite song. Even better. May be the song you hate. Even better. Because it's worship. And by the way, that song wasn't made for you. Made for him. I've told this story a hundred times. I'm going to tell it again. Uh, Bishop Joseph Garlington, he's an African-American pastor in Pittsburgh, was at an aquarium one time and looking at fish and saw this one big, fat, ugly fish, just ugly, nasty. You ever seen these bottom dwellers that just, you know, I could have done without seeing that thing. And he's standing there in front of it and thinking, man, God, why did you make that? And the Lord spoke to him and said, I didn't make it for you. And when we're worshiping, it's not about you. It's about him. Turn your focus to him. And you know what? Worship. Sometimes you just got to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to worship. And let it out. I promise you, it'll change you. Uh, I'm going I'm to wrap things up. Um, this whole issue of repentance and this whole issue of worship. When we come, and, come to him and we see ourselves, our first response is, oh, God, clean me up. Man, clean me up above the garbage that I've let in, the stuff that's going on in this world so that I can be the man and the woman of God that you've called me to be. And the Lord has taught me that when I come and when we bring the people of the Lord, people, the children of God into the presence of the Lord, I believe the Lord says, you know, the, 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 the Lord says, okay, start the worship. Worship team, start the worship. Get them going by my word with music, with joy, with love. And then you know what? Get out of the way. Why? Because it's not about the worship team. It's not about your pastor. It's about you connecting to the Lord. When we start to take credit, when we start to grab hold of those things that God's trying to do, look out, not good. Not good. Let me give you a story about uh, uh, A.W. Tozer. Uh, made this great analogy from one of his writings about Jesus. And he, this passage I'm going to read to you, it's real short, uh, was a picture of when Jesus was riding on the donkey coming back into Jerusalem. And you remember the people were so glad. They, they were thinking that Jesus was about to establish his throne. And here comes Jesus, here comes Jesus riding on a donkey. Hosanna, Hosanna. You know the story? Palm Sunday, they're throwing their clothes down. They're throwing the palm branches down. And here Jesus comes riding on the donkey. And here's A.W. Tozer. He says, it was the first Palm Sunday, and here comes Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the crowds began to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna. And that old donkey perks up his ears. Some of the crowd threw their coats into the road. Others spread palm branches. Well, said the donkey, switching the fly off his back. I had no idea they really appreciated me like this. Listen to those hosannas, would you? I must really be something. You know, whenever any of us wants to take anything that God does in this service and begin to direct it toward ourselves, instead of realizing that if anything good is going on in this service, it's God. If there's anything beautiful about your life, it's God. 
If there's anything that changes your life, it's God. And when we try to get in the middle and we try to get any of the glory, and we, you know what we become? That donkey. All the glory and praise and honor must always be directed to him. That doesn't mean you can't come pat me on the back and say it was a great sermon. Or come and pat Tammy or John or Robert or any of my team on the back and say, man, you sounded so great. You know, that's good. It's good to honor and it's good to encourage. But let me tell you, the glory and the praise goes to the Lord. The glory and the praise goes to the Lord. Okay, I'll stop there. We've got two more things. I'll, I'll, I promise, well, I don't want to promise, what I, but I believe I'll finish this next week, this, this portion. We're going to stay in worship for a while. We're not going to stay in worship tonight for a while. We're going to stay talking about worship for a while. I love to worship. And I want you to grab hold of worshiping the Lord. Amen. And don't let it stop on Wednesday night and Sunday morning. That's where it starts. Let's get it started and carry it on. We all stand up with me and let's pray together. Father, I thank you for a worshiping church. And I thank you that tonight, Lord, I believe we really worshiped you. And Lord, if there's somebody here tonight that would just say, man, I just don't get it. Lord, I ask you to touch them right now. And if you're sitting there and you say, that's me, I just, I just encourage you. Say, just, I soften my heart to you, Lord, and I just I want whatever it is that you have for me. Maybe you don't know Jesus. If that's the case, then you need to ask for Jesus to come into your life right now. Right where you sit. Jesus, save me. I've lived the, the wrong kind of life, and I'm a sinner, and I know I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior. Save me. But if, you're, if you've been baptized, if you've received the Lord, but you've never really, never really encountered worship, right now where you are, we'll just pray, Lord, soften our hearts. And Lord, your word says that you desire to be worshipped. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Lord, I want to choose to do that because your word tells me that if I don't do it, the rocks will cry out. And I don't need the rocks to do my job. Lord, I love you with all my heart. And Lord, I want my body and my expressions to express that love. Lord, I thank you for our church. And I just ask you, every need that we may have walking in here tonight, Lord, that you would meet it. That every hurt, Lord, that you would mend it. Lord, that every shortcoming in finances, Lord, that you are Jehovah Rophi. I mean, you're Jehovah Jireh. You're the Lord, our provider. If you're coming here hurting in your body, you are Jehovah Rophi. You are the Lord, our healer. I just ask you right now, Lord, as, as we are in your presence, your word says we're two or more gathered in your name. You are here. Let your healing power, let, your, let your, the power of the Lord be, be here. You are mighty to save. Thank you, Lord. Now help us to walk out of here. Our arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. My heart, Lord, surrendered to you. All we are is yours. Now help us to walk this thing out. Lord, as we walk according to your word, it says that all your blessings, every heavenly blessing 
is ours to those who are in Christ. Let us walk in Christ starting right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday Sunday morning. Don't forget, Hallapalooza and Harvest Festival, Sunday and Monday. God bless you.